Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we would like to welcome you to your favorite show in all the land with your hosts, the Axe King, Mike Miller, the Handle King, Chris Killinger. This is your Legitimus Podcast. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into the podcast today. We appreciate everybody taking the time out of your busy day to listen to us. We got a heck of a show today. We're going to talk about Corona and its effect on the Axe game. So let's get this party started. Thank you. Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Brick, are you saying that there's a party in your pants and that I'm invited? That's it. Boy, that escalated quickly. Your favorite, the Legitimus podcast here on May 3rd of 2020. Coming back at you here again. We appreciate everybody taking the time, listening to us, and giving us a little bit of your day here, especially on this beautiful, absolutely beautiful Sunday here at the beginning of May. Um, we will have myself, Mike Miller, and then obviously... The Handle King, Chris Killinger. So, Killer, what's going on, man? It's a beautiful day. Get us updated. Not much. Not much is different here. Uh, yeah, it is a beautiful day. I'm going to get my butt outside here real soon and uh, get some things done. Got to get some leather work done, tend to all the animals. Um, yesterday I built a, uh, a couple lids for the... the housing I don't know what you would call it I have a I have a couple like a big hundred gallon water trough and then a large tote holding these chickens and turkeys and uh, they have figured out how to escape so oh you locked up there you go they figured out how to escape so I had to uh, improvise some lids <laughs> I don't know cattle, cattle panel and chicken wire and if uh if you're interested in homesteading, you there's two things you should have on your property at all times, cattle panels and chicken wire, because you can make anything out of those. <laughs> uh, chicken wire especially, man, I, I imagine you can do, that's probably like the, uh, like what, like the duct tape of the chicken world? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, there's, it's unreal. Like I, I bought these cattle panels when I first got the goats, and then after we bought the electric fence, I was like, ah, I should get rid of these cattle panels and I never got around to selling them. And then just slowly I've been using them for all kinds of little projects. And I'm like, I'm glad I didn't get rid of those because they, they come in handy for a lot of things. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, that sounds good. Sounds like everything's going well then with the animals and uh, all things considered. <laughs> um, obviously here with the beginning of May, as we've talked about it now in what, like the last two podcasts, three podcasts, uh, we got everything going on with Corona time and, I know I've said like two podcasts ago, I was like, I don't know, maybe we got two weeks, one week left. And then last week I said the same thing. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty much done with Corona, especially as the weather's breaking here. You know, I've been out fishing a lot in the last week and I'm done with it, man. I can't take it. The cabin fever has just overwhelmed me and I got to get outside and enjoy some, some weather, especially today. I mean, in Pennsylvania, it's going to be 70, 75, depending on where you're at. And, uh, I just, I, I can't take it anymore, man. So how's things going over your way? Kind of the same boat. I mean, they're starting to uh, open things up. The, um, they extended the stay at home order till the end of the month, May. Um, but I really don't know what that means. Um, cause you, you know, all your essential workers are obviously allowed to go to work. And then, you know, if you need supplies or, basic living needs or whatever you're, you're free to go to the store um i don't know what the situation is with any of the state parks or anything like that i don't know what's open or closed but i do know they started reopening um some retail this week um and then two weeks from now they're going to open up some more but it's just weird it's weird times to be in and it's certainly not something that, you know, us as Americans, we're not used to being told what to do or how to do it. And uh, there's definitely some pushback on that. Yeah, no, I think that you're right. And I think that's the big thing right now is that everybody's got, you know, ants in the pants, so to speak. And especially 
whatever you're telling Americans what they can and can't do. I think, you know, maybe for about two weeks, four weeks there, we were pretty good. Everybody, you know, says, hey, all right, I get it. You know, we don't really know what the potential is behind this. And, you know, all right, so we'll stay hungered now. We're going to do what we need to do, and let's make sure that everybody is safe. And now I think we're just we're past that point where the numbers aren't really living up to the projections or the models that they had had out there. And people were like, listen, weather's breaking, especially in the north now, obviously, as we've said. We're, we're going outside. And, you know, I told you earlier, you know, I went fishing yesterday. There's, you know, 13 different fishermen where I was. Not one guy had a mask on. A um, bunch of guys up in the clubhouse, another 15, 17 guys, no masks. So I think we're sort of past it. But, you know, it's it's been interesting. You know, we, a bunch of the small businesses, restaurants, stuff like that are closed down. However, you can still you can go into Walmart, you can go into Lowe's, stuff like this. You know, I guess what is deemed essential and what's not, but we got to get things rolling. So I'm uh, unfortunately pretty much done with it. I got to, I got to get outside. So we will see how that is going to go. But speaking of that, we're talking about Corona, how it's affecting everybody. Obviously, you know, Ohio, Pennsylvania, a little bit different there. Um, Pennsylvania is going to get opened back up to a certain point here on the eighth. So they've split the state into two parts, a yellow, Yellow region and a red region. Yellow region is going to be partially open. Red region is going to stay uh, with the rules and regulations that they've had. So from what I've seen, I don't really know what the difference is. There isn't a lot different with what's happening with the yellow part. So we'll see how that goes. But let's talk about our topic then, Keller. Get us going with uh, what we're going to be doing here today. All right. So, uh we're going to talk about, sorry guys, I got a sidekick here who's, uh, coughing in my ear. <laughs> Anyways, I thought what it would be interesting is, is, uh, with this Corona thing, um, and I'm not 100% sure what the, what all's going on and what's, what's open and what's not closed, but I assume our flea markets are closed. Um, I do know, our indoor year, year round flea markets are definitely closed, like the antique stores and the, um, miscellaneous junk stores that we all peruse for axes. I mean, we all know <clears throat> we got our honey holes and they've been closed. So the outdoor flea markets, I don't know if we're going to open or, or stay closed. I, um, I've kind of gotten mixed results on that and whether they're open or closed, but, uh, so I thought maybe we talk about what's what's our plan B, you know what do what do we do to get our fix and and how do we uh, cope with not being able to just run to our favorite flea market and um, pick up axes. Well, that's a very good point because obviously that is going to affect us um, depending on where you're at, what state, what's happening, um, and what that looks like. So. I know for Pennsylvania, again, with the two different regions, things opening, things closing, you know, they're going to have a limit on gatherings, which I think as of right now, and I'll have to look this up. And if it is different, I'll, I don't know, add it in later or comment, but I think the gathering limit is going to be 25. So obviously you really can't run a flea market with uh, under 25 people at one time, I guess. I don't know how you would ever police that or, you know, you do like the Walmart or, Home Depot thing where they only let so many people in the store. Obviously, that's not going to happen at a flea market. So it's definitely going to affect us because I know I already have a couple of mine, um, you know, honey hole things, what you had talked about that are not going to be in operation for May and now definitely for June, hoping to get them things back up and running by July. So now we uh, you got to go to plan B, sort of got to regroup or uh, – like my brother-in-law likes to say, you got to adapt and you got to overcome. So That's right. what is that, what is that going to look like? Um, from what I've seen so far here in the last month, month and a half, as far as online, like if you're talking about Instagram, Facebook, the different ax groups, the ax pages, things like that, the ax sales, I don't really think have, from what I've seen, they don't really seem to be that affected. Like I see guys trading stuff. I see guys, selling stuff, shipping stuff. I, I know I have some stuff that I need to be, that I need to send out. And like, I don't really want to go to the post office. I was trying to get, get past this whole thing. And, um, 
thank you to those guys, you know, who you are uh, that are being real patient and everything. But I don't know. So, like, what do you think are a possible uh, couple plan Bs here that we could go with during this time? Well, I can tell you I still use the post office uh, weekly because of obviously my business. Uh, to ship handles and leather work and occasionally axes and, and for the most part, for the most part, the nothing's changed there. Um, thank you. They put up a, uh, you know, a sneeze shield and, uh, <clears throat> you just go in and hand them your, hand them your stuff. And, you know, when you walk out, you lube up with some, uh, hand sanitizer and go about your business. So. Uh, the shipping aspect of things is really not, it's really not that bad. Um, I would say if you can, if you can set up where you're shipping from home, you know, as far as printing labels and figuring out postage and all that, you're way better off. That, that does minimize your time in the post office. I know for me, I just uh, recently bought a scale, um, so that I can just weigh my own packages and print out my own labels. And that's made a huge difference in how I do things. And it's definitely sped things up a lot and, and saved me a ton of money. Um, Cause if you, you, there's plenty of shipping companies, you can third party shipping apps you can use to get discounts or, you know, I ship a lot through Etsy. So I get a discount through that. Um, so shipping's still possible. Um, I haven't been on eBay in a while, so I don't know what's going on on eBay. I assume it's still it's still loaded with axes. eBay, from what I've seen, continues to be strong. I, I haven't really seen a dip there. I mean, the prices that are going on some of these axes, um, I would say, have been strong. I, I haven't really seen anything that I thought you know, was, uh, was a really like say high quality axe or maybe a piece that, you know, was rare. And I thought, man, that went at a really, really low price. So I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah. So it, it sort of takes me back. I think it was two podcasts ago where I was like, you know, one of the things I've learned is that these axes are like, you know, these are like true luxury items, man. Like, th- you know, there's been no dip. There's been no yeah, real hesitation. Like the, the sales continue to go and stuff like that, which, which is good. Um, I'm not really sure what that means or like what that says. Uh, obviously we're in a little bit of a different time now than say what we were, I don't know, like three to five years ago. You know, now we have the, the axe or the hatchet thrown in leagues. That has been a different beast altogether. So I don't know what that exactly has to do with that. Um, obviously the popularity of the axe, I think continues to go up. We've seen the different groups, um, you know, that are on Facebook and in those different platforms continue to grow in size with memberships. So it's out there. Um, it's just really been interesting, but I think though, to your point earlier, if, if we don't have those places that it's not even about really going to get access, I think it's more about just going, getting out and see what people have, yeah. enjoying, enjoying the time outside, seeing what people are selling this stuff. Um, that this is where we're going to have to regroup and we're going to have to figure out what, what are we doing? Well, I always say it's all about the hunt and it, it's true. It, it, it really is. Cause when you walk into a flea market or antique store, junk store, whatever yard sale, you don't, you don't know what's there. It's not like you're specifically walking in for a black Raven or a Norman, um, or whatever your, whatever trips or trigger, you don't, you don't know what's there. So it's, it's all about, walking up to that corner with a pile of axes and, you know, finding the, the white whales or whatever, you know, it's the hunt, the excitement, the, you know, it's what gets your heart pumping when you, when you walk into a store and from across the room, you see an ax handle sticking up. You can't get to it fast enough because there's some, you know, little old lady walking real slow in front of you. <laughs> so, you know, we're just going to have to shift shift gears here and and get our fix um elsewhere you know and a couple ideas that come to mind is you know maybe go back to the old uh the old barter system you know a lot of us have good collections and and some valuable pieces and whatnot and you know if we're being honest with ourselves a lot of us paid little to no money for that stuff 
um, especially if you've been in this game for a while. So, you know, you, you could trade value for value. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I don't know. Some people, I guess, feel like they got to make all the money on every, every purchase, but you know, there's really no reason why, you know, if somebody has a black raven and you have, you know, a Norlin or two that they're looking for, let's, let's get into the old barter system. Let's, let's hone in on our collections and, you know, get some things moving. Kind of get us through the, the, the fix of not being able to go and hunt that stuff. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Do you think that these guys and gals that are normally going and setting up shop and selling things at flea markets, do you think that maybe then are they going to other avenues and platforms? Like, are they going to eBay? Are they going to different sites to try and sell some of their goods right now, do you think? It's funny you mentioned that because I was just thinking about my guy. <clears throat> I have a guy that um, in the area, there's there's, oh, I don't know, three or four spots antique stores or flea markets that you go in and he's got stuff in like, cause this is what he does for a living. He just junks out houses and then resells, resells everything, goes to auctions. And I'm like, what is he doing right now? You know, cause he, there's no auctions to go to. There's no, I'm assuming there's not a lot of junk outs to go to. And, um, you know, all of the stores are closed that he normally sells in. Like, what is that guy doing? Is he, did he go to eBay? I know he's sold on eBay before, but he's not very, he's not very intelligent with eBay, you know, um, not picking on him, but just, you know, he's an older gentleman and that's all foreign language to him. So it, it doesn't, it's not something he understands real well. So like, yeah, what are those guys doing? <laughs> Cause there are professional flea marketers, like that's their job. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see like what kind of hole that this puts them in. And then I think maybe another, you know, possible discussion would be so I know like whenever I go to flea markets here and have been doing it for I don't even know how many years, but what I have historically seen is that at the beginning of the year and you're talking to the sellers and you know, I'll go in and be like, all right, so you have 25 on this. Would you take 15? And at the beginning of the year, they're less likely to do that. Now, whenever you get them towards the end of the year, we're talking late September, October, we know that the weather's coming. We know that these flea markets are going to be ending. They're more apt to wheel and deal with you at that time because, you know, I'll make the comment and be like, listen, bud, I'll, I'll give you 10 bucks for this. You don't want to have to haul this around. It's just more money for you, space, whatever. And they're usually a little bit more willing to wheel and deal with you then. That's just what I've seen. I don't know if that's the gospel or anything like that, so to speak, but. I just wonder now, let's say if everything gets opened back up by, say, July. You know, it's the beginning of May, so let's say two more months. We go all through May, we go all through June, and let's say July 4th weekend, whenever that is, they open back up. Do you think that these guys are going to be looking for top dollar, or are they going to be looking to just make a sale because, obviously, they're already two, two and a half months behind? Like, what do you think that's going to look like? You probably have both. You know, there's some people that are just stubborn, and they're they're – their thought is I'll have to sell less if I get more. And then there's going to be your guys that are like, man, I, I've been sitting on all this stuff. I need to get some cash flow going and just make deals. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to play out. I mean, I, I guess it'll probably be, you know, region area specific, um, you know, depending on how long of the state has been open, like what, what do they look like through all this? But it, that'll be very interesting to see. Uh, just how that goes. So I don't know. I mean, it'll be, uh, it'll be tough, but what do you think then? Like if we sort of switch gears and like, so the antique places and stuff like that, that, you know, we all have our certain ones that we like and, you know, we'll go and make the, the round trip and hit however many in a day. Like, what do you think the impact's going to be there? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, you wonder, like those places are shut down right now um are they going to survive that's that's the thing are they going to survive because i don't know how if they all work like this but it's been my experience like say someone owns the antique store okay and then 
someone comes in and rents the entire building and they call it Joe Blow's Antiques. And then they rent booth space out to vendors. So they're getting their money from the vendors to pay the bills to the owner of the building. So like, how does that work when this is all closed down? Obviously there's no revenue being made. So does the landlord cut the owner of the antique store or the antique business? Do they cut them a, a break and say, Hey, look, I know you've been shut down, no rent. Or do they say rent or get out? I think maybe the other thing is, so who actually qualifies for the stimulus check then there too? Yeah. Like, so if you, if you have your own building with your own antique shop in it, um, do, would they qualify versus if you have like an antique mall, similar to like what you're saying, that then has all these different booths and those guys are in there selling, like I would assume that the, the individuals that are in there with their own booths <clears throat> would not qualify unless maybe they are somehow you know, I don't know, LLC incorporated or whatever that looks like so that they have that paper trail to qualify for it. But I, I would have to assume that the vast majority of those people are not like they're just, you know, they've ran out of booth. It's however much a month and yep. they're, they're just selling stuff. So, well, think of this. If you walk into, if you walk in an antique store and it's cash only, none of those people are legit. Right. So they're not getting anything. Right. Um, if, and it's cash only because if there's, if they're taking credit cards, there's a paper trail. And then now everybody has to have a vendor's license and everybody has to, um, claim their income on taxes. Exactly. So, because you have to have that, that W2 trail in order to be able to qualify for the stimulus check. Is that not that's correct? correct? Yep. So yeah. I don't know what those, what those folks are doing. And. The other, the other layer of this is some of these places. So you, you have a booth at Joe Blow's Antiques. You have a monthly payment to make. You know, right. some, some sell off commission or some sell off a combination of monthly payment and commission. So in other words, you'll pay a monthly fee to be there. Plus they take per, X percentage of your sales. So during the shutdown, did you say, Hey, Joe Blow, uh, I'm not paying rent because there's nobody to buy my crap or did you pay rent while you were shut down or did you just go pull all your merchandise out of there? You know, it's going to be weird. I mean, what's going to survive? Um, It's, it's going to be, it's going to boil down to whoever was strong enough, whoever had enough money in the bank to weather the storm. It definitely will be. And I think it might depend on, you know, obviously the size, how many vendors are in there, things like that, but then location, you know, so, Obviously, uh, you know, I've traveled a lot, especially along the East Coast and stuff and seen, you know, there's those antique malls that sit along the highways, you know, 77, 76, stuff like that. Um, what does that look like? Because you're, you are pretty much dependent on that traffic that's coming through. And obviously with, with things shut down, you haven't seen that traffic, but it will be interesting to see. I, I mean, first and foremost, I hope that every single one of them make it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know if they had a plan B or anything like that, but hopefully they'll be able to work something out with, you know, those individual people that are in there with their booths and however much they were paying and stuff like that. Um, are they given a break by the person that owns the building, things like that, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what that answer is, but it's going to be interesting to see. And I hope that, that those people make it now. It'll also then be interesting to see if we sort of circle back around, like what kind of prices does that mean in those places? Like, cause obviously if I got rent coming and things like that, um, for that space, that's a little bit different, at least in my mind, like versus like what you're paying for the vendor spot at a flea market. Um, there's some similarities. I think there's some differences, but to me that is probably a little bit different, but I don't know, man, like it's going to be really interesting. And I, I hope that, that these people that, are doing that um, have the the ability to withstand everything. And I think one of the things that we're going to have to do, you know, we like to talk a lot about the acts community and, and how we sort of all look out for one another and help one another. You know, if you're looking for this, that, or the other acts, like we're, we're you know, I think one of the things is that we got to get out there, man. We got to hit these flea markets. We got to spend a little bit of cash. You know, you don't got to go out and spend a million dollars, but if we can, 
buy a couple pieces that maybe we would have passed up, you know, especially if they're not that bad to try and help these people out. Yeah. Cause you know, I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, it, I mean, there is, I guess, a possibility, man. It's just going to decimate that because if you're talking about, I only got so much money. I mean, one of the things that you're going to cut out is like, I'm not buying antiques. Like, I don't need those. That, that's a luxury slash pleasure item, right? Right. Like, I don't need to buy that axe for twenty-five, fifty, hundred, $200 to sit on my wall when I need to buy groceries. I need to provide for my family. I need to pay the electric bill, stuff like that. So, Man, I just hope it's not going to be that way, and we got to get this thing open and going so that these people can uh, can get that income that they need and uh, be able to survive all this. So it's it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be telling. I don't know. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's going to be weird times. Like, if, if I don't know if they don't if they don't open and and. It could go either way. Like, let's say they're still closed and the flea markets are still closed. And then by the time things open, maybe they're flooded with axes, you know, they've had time to collect them up, get them going. Well, I think that you bring up a good counterpoint then. They're not really a counterpoint, but like another point. So you're going to have people that are going to be like, listen, I need to get some cash because I got to do this or the other. And so maybe then do you think that we would see an influx of, Axes available at antique stores, flea markets, things like that. Like, do you see, do you think that we'll see an uptick? It's possible. It's very possible. You know, plus think of this too. Here's another very, very possible thing. All these folks have been um, locked up in their houses. There's nothing to do. So what are they doing? They're cleaning things out. You know, they're, cl- they're, they're gathering stuff up and there's nowhere to take anything. Um, you know, like Goodwill's closed and stuff like that. So. You know, when this stuff reopens, um, you might see an influx of, uh, these, these people that do these junk outs or whatever. You might see an influx of that or, you know, keep your eyes peeled for a side of the road. <laughs> maybe, maybe too, like people are, are saving up for potential yard sales. You know, the yard sales might be good this year. You know, you bring up a really good point there and that, I didn't even think about that at all. I was like, I was focused more on flea markets and antique places. That's where I do the the vast majority of my findings. I've never, I've never had really good luck at garage sales. I don't know why that is. Um, I know I, I see guys out there on on the various platforms, and man, they absolutely crush it at yeah. garage sales. And the, the ones that I go to, and you would think in Pennsylvania, you know, obviously the home of Warren. However many different man plants, right? American Axe and Tool. Yeah. You know, Plum. There's axes around. Believe me, I see them at the flea markets and stuff like that. And it's one of the reasons why I've been able to accumulate the numbers that I have. For whatever reason, I've just not been able to really have success at flea markets. I'll go. I'll ask. Like, you sure you don't have anything laying around? You know, back of the garage, back of the barn, tucked up in the attic, anything. No, no, don't really have anything. And I, I see other guys, man, they absolutely crush it. And I'm just like, am I doing something wrong? Like, do I have a sign above my head or something? So yard sales are tricky. Um, it's a lot of area, you know, neighborhood type. If, if you go into a new development, newly development, um, what are they, subdivision, <laughs> you know, where all the houses are, spec houses and whatever your, your chances of finding axes there are slim, you know, that's going to be your baby clothes and your furniture and yep. st- strollers and laser tag. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> laser tag. <laughs> you get out, you get out to these, um, just rural, r- rural areas, you know, these smaller towns like that, you know, I live near small towns and, um, that older houses and, and stuff that, you know, they're, they're close to farms and that's, that's your honey holes for your axes. And, and then you, you know, the point of asking, you have to ask because there's still people that think that they're not worth anything and they're just, you know, it might have a broken handle and, and it's laying in a bucket and, 
you know, they're having a yard sale, and you're like, hey, you got any axes? Or, well, I got this one, but it, the handle's missing. Perfect. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, that's that's what you're looking for. So, it's it's location and and luck, really. There's a lot of luck involved, but but you got to keep in mind too, you're competing with these full time flea marketers. So, you know, early bird gets the worm. So these guys are out there. You know, they're, they know where every yard sale, community yard sale is happening. And they're there first thing in the morning, you know, before everybody else just, and they're doing the same thing. They're looking, they know what sells. They know axes sell. They know tools sell. They know, um, baby clothes don't sell. So they're, they're buying the stuff that we're looking for right before us. So, but maybe, you know, if those places are shut down, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, those guys aren't doing that right now. Maybe they, uh, switched gears and I would imagine some folks are going to have to get jobs. (laughs) I don't know that full-time flea marketers is a valuable income anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much unknown with everything that we're, we're talking about right now that, it's, it makes it scary and it makes it really intriguing all at the same time. You know, first and foremost, I hope that everybody that has been, you know, doing the flea markets and vendoring and, you know, whether you got a booth in an antique store or whether you're, you know, you go to some of those flea markets and you got like what you call the regulars, right? Like you got Joe and he's always, you know, stationed at that same spot at the flea market and you know what he's going to have. And I, I hope people like that don't really get affected by this. I, you know, I, again, I think it's going to be where you're at in the country when you're allowed to open up. Um, hopefully those people did not actually physically get affected with Corona because yeah. uh, usually those people that are selling, I would probably say the majority of them are, you know, usually in the older population, again, depending on where you're at, but hopefully they didn't actually get physically affected with it, but it, it's going to be really interesting to see. And, and I know that, um, like, I, I just don't know. Like, I've been thinking about it, and I'm like, man, I'm like, this is going to be really weird. Like, you know, what, what are they going to do? Like, I don't know. Like, usually whatever I guess is wrong. Right. So my, my initial gut thing was, like, these guys are going to come out, and they're going to sell whatever they can right now because they're going to need money, you know, for bills, gas, transportation, food, what, you know, whatever else. I'm like, they're going to need money right now. I, I don't know if that's absolutely true. They might be like, hey. You know, I was able to make it through, and I don't need to sell stuff right now. So, you know, I guess just first and foremost, I hope that everybody makes it and that, you know, we're all good, and uh, I think that's the most important thing. But from an axe buying, collecting, getting those pieces, you know, hopefully being able to save some history, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out this summer and how that could potentially then affect us going forward because – how, you know, what's your mindset then if you're one of those guys or gals like, like then going into next year? Cause you don't know what this fall, winter, you know, early of next 2021, like what's that going to look like? What do we do if round two comes? Right. And, you know, how do you potentially plan for that? So, um, so like your average, your average Joe then, your, your guy that's out there and, you know, he's trying to collect some axes and stuff like right now. So. What's what's our advice? What's our takeaway then for that guy or that gal? You know, unfortunately, you're gonna have to go to eBay, and that, it's not really unfortunate either. I mean, there's there's still deals to be had on eBay, but you got to be vigilant. You gotta you gotta educate yourself a little bit, and then uh, spend some time on there. You know, there's there's still stuff to be had. Um, this might be a good opportunity for someone that's that's collected up. A lot of axes and uh, maybe wants to wants to unload some of them, you know, take advantage of some of these Facebook groups. Um, I, I've never had much luck selling on Facebook, but I don't sell a lot either. But anytime I have had something that I'm like, yeah, it's time to sell. Um, I put it on on Facebook and it really doesn't get much traction. Maybe we need to. Maybe we all need to pay more attention to, to that stuff. You know, the other thing too, though, you got to keep in mind, if, if you go to eBay to sell your stuff, you're going to lose 13%, 13.5% of your total price because you're going to have to take, you're going to have to pay eBay 
And then you're going to have to pay, take, or pay PayPal three and a half percent take to get your money. So, you know, maybe drop that down. Your, you know, if you want to sell on Facebook, maybe drop your, your price down to, you know, knock that 10% off that you're going to lose anyway and pass it on to a, a fellow ax guy, you know, pass the savings on to a fellow ax guy. You know, I'm not telling you, you have to, you have to take a hit. I'm just saying you're going to lose 10% anyway on eBay. So, you know, if you want a hundred dollars for X, maybe list it on Facebook for 90, you know, I, I don't know. It, and that's, that's always a juggle because you got in one person's mind, you have what it's worth. And in the other person's mind, they may be way off. Um, so that's, no. that's where the education comes in though. You, you know, you need to go. You need to go on eBay. You need to look up that axe and look under completed items and take an average and don't go back two years. Go back six months, an average of what this X, whatever axe is selling for, you know, or similar axes. Take an average and then, you know, base your price off of that, you know, um, or just put it on eBay and let it sell. <laughs> but I, right. I think eBay is still a good tool. It is. And I think that you bring up a couple of really good points there. So I think that selling on Facebook has its advantages and disadvantages. Obviously you're getting your acts out there in front of those acts, guys and gals, right? So you're going to post that in acts junkies, legacy, acts addicts, there's all the other groups, right? You're going to post it out there and you're going to be able to see what those guys and gals then are going to say about your acts, uh, good, bad, or ugly. Now, with that, you got a bunch of acts people that know what they're doing. They know the history of what that axe is probably worth, what it sells for, things like that. So if you're looking for a certain price, unless you're really getting after a good deal or giving them a good deal, I've seen a lot of the axes sit out there. The advantage then that eBay has over that, you go ahead and you put your Flint Edge double bit axe out there. You're getting that axe in front of a lot more eyes that have no idea what axe junkies is, what axe addicts is, what legacy woodcutters is, this, that, or the other. They, they're, they don't even know that that exists. Um, they're probably axe people. Maybe they're tool people. Maybe they're historians. Maybe they're collectors. Maybe they are. You know, again, to sort of go back to a podcast or two, maybe they are a Winchester or a Keen Cutter collector, and now they see that axe on eBay because they have that saved and they're looking for that. So your audience on eBay is going to be tremendously bigger than trying to sell in one of the groups that's on Facebook. With that, then, you might be able to sort of recoup that 13% because your price might go higher than what you were actually able to get out of it on Facebook. It might not. You don't really know that. I think there's going to be some factors with that. It's going to depend on the rarity of your axe, the condition of your axe, um, what that stamp, maybe paper label, what that looks like, the condition. And um, we'll talk about this later. This is going to be a topic that I want to talk about is just what exactly is new old stock, because I've seen some axes lately that are deemed new old stock and they are not new old stock. We'll get into that later on another day. But you have the... Uh, you have the ability through eBay to get your product out there to a lot more eyes that you you will never have the ability to get through on Facebook, which seems sort of crazy, but you do have that ability. And sometimes then you can you can recoup that 13, 15% that you're sort of going to have to take right off the top because you might be able to get a little bit of a higher price than um, than what you were able to. So that goes, you know, both ways. So if you're on eBay and you're looking, you might have to pay a little bit of a higher price than what you might be able to score through Facebook, depending. So it's crazy. I mean, we'll see how this all goes um, with with everything. I don't know. I mean, the, the next month, month, month and a half, two months is going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out with the with the Axe game. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to change a little bit for us, but. Um... I don't think it's going away. That's for sure. No, it's definitely not going away. I mean, it's, as I said earlier, it's been strong, I would say, through this whole entire thing. It's, I didn't really see a dip in it. A lot of guys out there trading, selling. You see the waffles, you know, quote unquote, so to speak. 
uh, you know, guys are putting down 10 bucks a pop, 20 bucks a pop, you know, in order to get in on that raffle. So, which is good, is, which is good. I never want to see, uh, you know, axes become not popular or anything like that. I don't think it's going to happen, especially now with, uh, this whole hatchet throwing craze. There's just no way it's going to happen. So it's opened up a lot of eyes and ears. Um, guys want to know about axes and the history and what that's all about. And I've had a million guys come to me and be like, Mike, I have this plum. What, what's the story? What's it, what's it all about? And I'm like, it's, it's a plum. I got this plum uh, national to throw. Right. So, um, which, you know, us guys that are axe, axe guys and have been in the game and stuff like that, we sort of find that comical. But at the same time, I find it pretty cool that, you know, hey, Joe or Jim or whoever got into axe throwing and he's, you know, looking at his axe and he's like, hey, you know, what's, what's this plum mark all about? I, I, I poke fun at that, but that's exactly what got me into this whole thing in the first place. I was like, what is that all about? And then you start down that rabbit hole of searching and trying to find out a little bit of history and, what does that mean? And, you know, I was obviously hooked. So it, it's very interesting. And, and I don't think that, you know, as far as a, a market, anything is going to be changing anytime soon. We might have a little little hiccup, a little bump in the road here. That's okay. So it'll be good. But uh, this damn Corona, man, I tell you what, we got to wrap this thing up and we got to get back to some flea marketing. We got to get back to some antique stores. We got to get back to some garage sales. And uh, we just got to get back to it. That's all I know. Yeah. We got to get our fix in, man. Exactly. You know, I took a little break. This is what's going to make it harder for me. I took a little break from the the antique stores and flea markets for the last uh, year and a half. Um, What I was running into is I... I go to one looking for axes and I come home with all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I just, I just was full. I, you know, it had no more room or no more. I couldn't catalog any more stuff. Um, so I took a break just so I didn't, um, keep buying. So now I'm, I'm ready, but there's nowhere to go. <laughs> so, um, so I guess for me, like what I'm, what I'm going to just concentrate on is maybe hanging some of the stuff I have, you know, taking care of some of the stuff I have, getting it going. I was just thinking the other day, I'd like to have a, um, a pile of axes to use, uh, you know, just try different head styles and, um, blade geometries and stuff like that, just to educate myself a little bit more and maybe see what works better or not. I mean, I know what works for me now, but there, there might be other things that would work that I just haven't swung because I don't have. I mean, I have plenty of axes hung ready to go, but none of them I want to use. <laughs> I spent too much time cleaning them up. So maybe maybe now is your time, you know, to inventory and take a look at what you got and maybe go ahead and fix some of those up, get them hung, learn how to hang. If you don't know how to hang an axe, learn how to hang an axe. There's plenty of resources on YouTube on how to do this. Um you have more more opportunity now for handles than you ever did. Um, I'm not just saying that because I sell handles. I'm saying that because there's there's plenty of avenues to get handles now, um, and it doesn't have to be from a hardware store. So, you know, maybe uh, dabble in uh, you know hang hang cleaning and hanging some of your axes, and then maybe. Uh, Spend some time on sharpening, learn how to sharpen an axe. Again, there's more, there's plenty of resources on YouTube for that. Um, all, and there's a lot of good ones, very good ones. I don't, I don't really think there's a wrong way to sharpen an axe. <laughs> um, unless you got like real crazy, but just good time to practice some of those skills. And then if you have the resources, go use them, you know. Go split some wood. And if you don't have wood to split, give me a call and I'll, I'll set you up. You can come over here and split my wood. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some nice oak out here. I'll, I'll set you loose on. <laughs> oh man. I pray for the guy that goes over there and uh, he's not familiar with trying to split some oak, especially some big rounds. But yeah. I think that you bring up a good point. So, you know, it, we all have to adapt and you even have to adapt with the whole ax game right now. So obviously if things are a little bit slower, 
um, make yourself better. Um, to your point, you know, sharpening, hanging, you know, whatever you're doing, standing, whatever your end game is, um, obviously work on it, get better. I know with me, I've been buried in research, looking stuff up. You know, I've had more time than, than normal to be able to do that. So, uh, reading catalogs, reading books, um, Google, as I mentioned, is absolutely amazing. And it's, it's scary, the stuff that is out there. But, you know, if you have one of those, uh, stamps, which I've come across a million guys that, hey, what is this? What, what is this, uh, hardware store? What is that? You, you know, Unless it's something ultra rare, there's usually a little bit of info out there on it to just, you know, give you the basics so that, you know, maybe when they were in business, where they were located, you know, maybe how many stores they had, something like that. So that, that info is, is definitely out there to a certain degree. If not, reach out. I know I've had a lot of guys reach out to me about, Hey, have you seen this? Uh, what is this like? Um, uh, can you tell me how rare this is? And then obviously the, the million dollar question, Hey, could you tell me what it's worth? Uh, but you know, now's the time. And I think you'll see this shift a little bit where now, especially with the weather and everything, it's time to get outside. It's time to be, you know, doing lawn work. It's time to be, you know, getting after the plants. It's time to be planting gardens and stuff. So we, we might see a little dip with that, especially if the, the flea markets and the antique stores aren't rolling. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the whole thing plays out here over the next month or two. But what I know is that the, the axe game will still be there. It's still going to be strong, and there, there's just no getting around it. So yeah. hopefully everybody will uh, be able to adapt. And I'll tell you what, um, over the years, I've seen the the craftsmanship on axes just skyrocket. You know, people are always raising the bar. There's a lot of really good pe- really good hangs, for lack of better terms, out there on on these Facebook groups, you know, and maybe, maybe pick some of those guys ears, you know, Hey, I, I, not everyone's willing to help out and not everyone wants to give away their secrets or whatever, but you know, there's plenty of people that are willing to help and, and share their, their passion. So reach out to some of those guys and see, you know, how, how is it, you know, you see a lot of these cross wedges and, um, different different kinds of dyed handles and stuff like that you know if any of that stuff interests you reach out to those guys and see if maybe you, you can learn something from them and, you know take this downtime to, to learn your craft hone in on your craft and you know you, you never know what direction you're going to go um i went from i know in my my career I, for lack of better terms of collecting axes i went from just collecting tools to uh collecting uh norlands i got real heavy in norland for a while and then once the the norland collection was complete i was kind of lost i didn't know where to go after that so then um it went back to just collecting any axes uh just trying to get a feel for what i may or may not like and then uh, it, it turned to leather work uh, I started doing leather work for the axes and making sheaths for the axes. And then I was making sheaths for people for their axes. And then that evolved into um, a business for me, not not so much for axe leather, but making uh, other leather for um, knives and belts and suspenders and stuff like that. So you kind of one thing led to another and, and brought me into uh, a whole new realm of of hobby, I don't know what to say here, hobbies or um whole different game really. So you never know what, what's gonna evolve from your collection or your addictions for last lack of better terms. Um it's really interesting to to see where you'll evolve. So Yeah, I know this whole wax game, man. It's it's going to be very interesting. Uh, you had brought up, you know, some different points with the guys and the handles and, and the wedging and things like that. And that game is absolutely out of control. I mean, there's some guys doing some awesome stuff off the charts. I know stuff that that uh, that I can't do, just to be perfectly honest, because I I don't have the I don't have the mental stability to take the time in order to do that perfectionary skill. Uh, yeah. I'm more of a you know ground and pound them guy. But, um, yeah, it's going to be really, really neat. So 
we'll see how this whole thing goes. I think the big thing is that, you know, that what we need to do from an acts community standpoint, I know I talk about that a lot, is that we just need to support one another. We need to, uh, you know, always pick each other's brains. Let's see where we can, you know, possibly get some deals, some trades, things like that. Because you never know what the situation is of that guy or that gal that is trying to sell that axe. Maybe, you know, maybe they need the cash. Maybe they don't. Um, but at the same time, we just got to try and support one another. You know, people that are trying to run those businesses and things. Um, you know, that's sort of what we need to do right now. And, you know, we're going to need to do that as a country on the grand scheme with these small businesses and things like that whenever we get unleashed and we're going to have to get out there and, and help them, uh, you know, especially the restaurants and things like that. So it's, it's definitely a very interesting time. And hopefully I just hope that we don't really see anything like this again. Yeah. I agree. So we'll get through this, but if anybody has any uh, suggestions, things like that, um, you know, do's don'ts during this time, as far as with what they've been seeing, please let us know. You can leave some comments, obviously on the legitimate cod pack. <laughs> Legitimous Podcast Instagram page. Uh, leave some comments on there. Uh, either one of our Facebooks, uh, you know, Double Bit Axe Company, uh, things like that. You know, let us know what what you've been seeing or what maybe might be a great idea with that in order to be able to keep this whole thing going with axes. So we'll see how this all goes and, uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah. But what else do we got, Killer? I think that's it. Guys, stay positive. Nothing else you can do. Absolutely. So as we said before, everybody stay safe, stay smart. I know everybody's itching, myself included, and, uh, you know, being able to try and get out there and, and uh, do what we want to do, especially as the weather's turning. So um, make sure that you're supporting your fellow Axe, uh, Axe community, Axe people that are out there. And whenever the time comes, being able to get out there and, you know, share what you're seeing and what you're, what you're buying and stuff like that. So, but we appreciate everybody taking the time, listening to us, and uh, sharing our, our thoughts here with uh, Corona and Axes. Uh, hopefully, we don't have to do this podcast again <laughs> with this whole thing. We'll be out of this uh, thing here pretty shortly. But we appreciate everybody taking the time, listening to us. If you can, leave some comments. That obviously helps us out with uh, with what's working, what's not working. Helps us out on the different platforms and things like that. So, uh, we appreciate everybody. Hope everybody has a great day today and this week. Looks like the weather's going to be good. Stay safe, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. See you guys.